It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Back in September, Robin Lee, the CEO of one of China's biggest tech companies, Baidu, appears for a speech at a conference in Beijing. He's wearing a black button-down with the Baidu logo stamped on his shirt. In his speech, Li has a clear message to the other entrepreneurs and executives at the conference. Don't compete with Baidu. So it's a bit of an odd message, essentially telling the competition, stay away, don't even try. That's the FT's China tech correspondent, Ryan McMurrow. Earlier in the year, Baidu had released its first AI chatbot called ErnieBot. It's essentially China's version of ChatGPT. And Li's trying to squash competition to Baidu's new technology. So he singles out entrepreneurs in the audience and he says, And so that means he's saying, there's no point in jumping into foundational models and really making it a race to the bottom where everyone's competing on price. And instead, you should jump into building apps for foundational models. And that's where the big opportunity lies. So he's telling them, build apps for my model. Don't go build your own model. What Ryan's saying here, foundational models, he's talking about the generative AI technology that underpins AI chatbots like ChatGPT and ErnieBot. It's the technology that allows them to answer a question with human-like text and images in just a few seconds. Now, you might just chalk this up to the hyper-competitive nature of a billionaire founder and CEO. But there really is a lot riding on this for Lee and for Baidu. Back a decade ago, Baidu was known as the B in BAT, alongside Alibaba and Tencent. Ryan's talking about the top three tech companies in China. It's like the old Fang group in the U.S., you know, Facebook, Amazon, Apple. But as Alibaba and Tencent have grown their revenues, maybe tripled, quadrupled, even 10x their revenues over the past decade, Baidu hasn't really been able to grow at all. And that's why Robin Lee is zeroing in on AI. One engineer at Baidu who we interviewed told us it's a do-or-die moment. Whether Ernie succeeds or not will play a decisive role in the company's future. Robin Lee is hoping that it'll be the move that, after years of stagnation, will finally turn things around. It's just a question of whether he can get out of his own way in order to do it. I'm Michaela Tendera from The Financial Times. After years spent attempting to jumpstart Baidu's growth, Robin Lee is making a big bet on artificial intelligence. Today on Behind the Money, we're looking at whether Lee will be able to turn his new technology into a commercial success, and if he can put Baidu 
back on a path to growth. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. So Robin Lee started Baidu, which I should note is known as the Google of China, a couple decades ago. So can you tell me more about those early days and just what that was like? Robin Lee is the CEO and founder of Baidu. Uh, he's 55 now, and he's kind of known as this nerdy programmer who's also pretty handsome. And he came back to China in the late 90s after studying in New York at the University of Buffalo. And he came back to essentially create in China what he saw was going on in the U.S. with search engines and all the internet fervor of the late 90s. Baidu took off and quickly rose into the top ranks of Chinese tech companies. Within just a couple of years, Li was seen as one of the country's go-to innovators, pushing consumer tech in China forward. But around 2014, Baidu's revenues started to lag behind the other members of that bat trio. It's Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent. And over the last 10 years, they've stayed pretty flat. So... What happened? Well, first, Ryan tells me that Baidu wasn't able to keep that same chokehold on search that Google has here in the U.S. That's because China's internet ecosystem changed a lot. You have apps kind of building their own walled gardens, like WeChat just becomes this super app where people don't really leave. Instead, they start searching for stuff inside of WeChat. And that's a lot of content and data that Baidu's search crawlers can't access. So there's no way for Baidu to return WeChat search results, which slowly um, become, at least in some things, even more useful than Baidu's own search results. This sort of pressure on search left Lee looking for ways to diversify. Robin is kind of known for pushing the company into whatever is hot at the moment. So over the past decade, that's really been everything. He's tried e-commerce. He's tried to build a mobile operating system. He's tried handing out loans to consumers and he's tried food delivery. Some of those have failed entirely. Some of them have been sold off, but essentially there's not one that has really worked well. Last year, Ryan and some of our colleagues wanted to understand if there was more to what was causing Baidu's sluggish revenues. With Baidu basically stagnant slash slowly declining, we were just curious and wanted to learn more about why people inside the company thought they've been unable to do anything successfully over the past decade. So we started interviewing current and former employees and asking them about the culture of the company, about Robin Lee's leadership. Over the course of a few months of interviews, Ryan tells me that two big themes rose to the top. First, about five years ago, Lee hired his wife, a woman named Melissa Ma, to work at Baidu. To the outside world and to investors, she's basically invisible. She's hardly mentioned in earnings reports. She's never on the earnings calls. She's not the one promoting the company like Robin is. But when we started talking to employees, her name was brought up a lot. Melissa Ma is one of the company's original co-founders, but she had left years earlier to raise her and Lee's family. Ryan tells me that Ma's formal title with Baidu is just a special assistant. 
But employees told him that she's actually heavily involved in running the company's investments, talent management, and recruiting. But from what employees have said, in their view, her presence has kind of added to the dysfunction at the company. In one case, this sort of dysfunction played a role in the departure of a top hire. Right before Melissa returned to the company, uh, Robin had lured this uh, man named Lu Chi, who's really this famous AI expert and who was an executive at Microsoft. Robin won him over and brought him to Baidu to kind of be the the next chief executive in waiting and run day-to-day operations and be the president and COO. But soon after his arrival, then Melissa returned. And from what people who've worked with both of them have said is that Lou couldn't really figure out who to deal with, whether Robin or Melissa was the boss. So about 16 months after joining, uh, Lou left and Baidu, for its part, said he departed to deal with a personal family matter. Ryan, what did the company say when you asked them about all this? So they declined to make Robin or Melissa available for interview. But when we sent them a long list of detailed points, they said that the article presents a heavily biased and factually inaccurate depiction of the company and its CEO. And without providing any specifics, said that details the FD put to the company about Ma included many errors of fact. They also said that Ma's role at the company is providing advisory services to Baidu's HR department and that she's not involved in day-to-day operations nor among its core management. And when we asked them about her high compensation package, they said, suggesting Ms. Ma is an executive officer of Baidu based on her share-based compensation is mistaken. According to documents the company files with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, Ma earns about $1.7 million annually on average in stock compensation. Now, that's a bit less compared to her husband Robin Lee's salary, but Ryan tells me it's still quite a hefty sum for a Chinese tech company. Even as they tried to deny her role at the company and say she's hardly involved, they're paying her a lot of money, which makes it hard to deny she's doing anything. When Melissa Ma came back to Baidu around the end of 2017, the company was facing multiple crises. A scandal involving false advertising on their search engine had led to new government rules on ads and a significant revenue hit. Ma came back to study the ship, but instead, Ryan's reporting highlighted how decision-making at the company has become more difficult, not less. And then there's another key issue tied to Robin Lee's leadership. So the other part of the company that I guess many employees like about it is that it's very research-focused and doesn't have the all-encompassing demands to ship product, hit sales targets that other companies like Tencent or Alibaba or ByteDance have. So internally, employees refer to it as like working at an internet nursing home because they're free to do what they want. Ryan says that he spoke with one mid-level manager who told him that Lee cared about technology, not business. And so when they tried things like online loans or food delivery or e-commerce, and these new businesses proved overly competitive, Robin would start to rethink it. He would cast them as being tech-enabled businesses. Like, you need a smartphone to order food, but it's not something like artificial intelligence or self-driving cars, where advanced tech is your competitive moat. And so he would slowly lose interest. So it's been a decade of challenges. But Ryan tells me that Lee's new focus on AI is really a bet-the-company moment for Baidu. 
they've really gone all in on AI and and they're using Ernie to reposition their company and kind of hope that this will bring about the next decade of growth for the company. Coming up, will Robin Lee's bet on AI pay off? Or will it also end up in the growing pile of struggling Baidu businesses? The 2024 U.S. presidential election is in full swing, and I'm not going to lie, it's a lot. To help you make sense of the information overload, we're launching a new U.S. politics show. It's called Swamp Notes from the FT News Briefing, and it's hosted by me, Mark Filipino. Tune in every Saturday morning for insights from FT journalists and a global perspective on the election. Listen to Swamp Notes by following the FT News Briefing wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ryan, have you had the chance to check out the Ernie chatbot yet? Yeah, I have used uh, Ernie, I think, back in April. And what's it like? Well, in English, it's not very good at all. In Chinese, it seems okay. It can't always answer all the questions that ChatGPT can. But at least for me, it seems not not so bad. Hmm. So how's the reception of it been in China so far? Baidu says that there have been 100 million people that have used it as of the end of 2023. And I think they also say there are 20,000 companies using it as well. Wow. So for reference, ChatGPT says that it has over 100 million weekly active users. So these are serious figures. So this is not just a a totally off-the-cuff project for Baidu. And so they find themselves in the middle of China's AI craze and everyone, like even the employees at their rivals will admit that at least for the moment, Ernie's models are ahead of what other people are producing. Ryan tells me that it's unlikely that the Chinese government will allow OpenAI's ChatGPT to operate there. So that means for now, Baidu's leading this race for AI dominance in the country. Now, I should say that the speech we heard earlier, where Robin Lee was telling people not to compete with him in his large language model, Ernie, that wasn't the only time that Lee did that last year. And, well, despite his repeated attempts, it doesn't seem like they had much of an effect on the competition. Even though Robin has been urging all rival tech companies and startups to stay away from making their own large language models, they haven't really been listening. And so when he first gave his speech telling people not to get into large language models, he counted, I think it was around 70. And by November, when he gave a similar version of the speech, he was up to about 276. So every Chinese company has really jumped in and wants to create their own large language model. So he faces a problem of trying to build an ecosystem when there's not really anyone building apps on top of Ernie yet, or not, at least not to the scale that he needs to make his vision come true. So, Ryan, what do you think? Can Robin Lee figure this out? Robin is definitely very involved and very smart, and he's pushing staff to work overtime on Ernie. He's very involved in making sure Ernie works out. But at the same time, he's proven himself with their past products to not end up being the best leader, at least in commercializing and monetizing products. 
So he'll have to make sure that they're very focused on commercializing and monetizing so that they don't end up with a product that no one is going to use. Mm. So what do you think you'll be watching for in the coming months? So from what analysts we've talked to think, it, it seems like it's going to be the next one, two, three years. We'll see which company or companies end up with foundational models that are built on top of. And Robin is definitely hoping that will be Baidu, but uh, other people I talk to in the Chinese tech world are less confident that he'll be able to make that happen. I think Baidu is slowly going to end up more and more on the fringe of China's tech ecosystem. I mean, they've been slowly left out of conversations when people think of China tech in the leading companies. So if they aren't able to make AI work, then that's going to be more true than ever. And when it comes to their company and business, I think search will remain. It's just going to continue to shrink. So the company will be around. It's just not going to be one of China's leading tech companies for much longer. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Behind the Money is hosted by me, Michaela Tendera. Safia Ethmed is our producer. Topher Forges is our executive producer. Sound design and mixing by Sam Giovinco. Special thanks to Murad Ahmed and Eva Siao. Cheryl Brumley is the global head of audio. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.